Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that you've made. Thank you that we can rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be glad. We thank you for all of your blessings, both great and small. We thank you for this hour, for this opportunity, God, to be with my friends and to have this Bible study. We ask for your Holy Spirit to be our teacher this morning, to lead us, guide us, and direct us throughout the scriptures and in all truth. Open up our understanding. Help us to apply the word of God that we may grow thereby and become better Christians. We cast all of our cares upon you this morning because you love us and you care for us. We lift up Dorothy in the job situation that you would give her the grace that she needs to deal with the additional uh, responsibilities on the job that uh, she would do it with excellence. And we pray, oh God, that when she goes up for her review in February, that uh, you would do exceedingly abundant above all that she can ask or think regarding a raise, oh God. We ask that you continue to speed her on to victory. We thank you, Lord, for uh, our families and our loved ones, for keeping us safe and watching over us. We thank you for supplying and meeting all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now bless us as we go forth in this lesson today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, Carol's back. Can you hear us, Carol? Can you hear us? Shake your head, yes. But we can't hear I, we you. We can't hear you, so you got to turn your mic on. Yeah, he has to cut his mic on, his cordless mic. But if he can hear us, then that's good. You can hear us, right, Carol? Okay. Oh, great. Wonderful. Okay. Alrighty, we've been talking our topic for the last several weeks. We've been talking about facing life challenges and overcoming challenges and obstacles in our life. And uh, we concluded uh, that we all have challenges. Uh, and they come in all different shapes and sizes. And um, so we begin to identify our challenges in three categories. Category number one, temptations. Category number two, test. And category number three, trials. And we talked about the source of each one of these categories, these challenges that we face in life. That temptation comes from Satan. He's the tempter. That test that we go through as believers come from God. He's the source. And uh, trials and tribulations come out of our relationship with people. And uh, so um, what we want to talk about today is to how to get through our challenges uh, successfully. And uh, I want to give a little testimony uh, before we go to the scriptures this morning, but in 2008, when my challenge, I would call it my storm that began in 2008, 
Um, a friend of mine took me out to dinner after he had heard of my situation and uh, to give me words of encouragement. And uh, this is a friend that I had been knowing for about 30 some years. And um, he said, if I could give you one word of advice, if you're willing to receive it. And I said, by all means. And this is what he said to me. He says, no matter what happens from this point forward, always have a thankful heart and a thankful mind. A thankful heart and a thankful mind. So let me unpack that, what it basically means. So let's start with a thankful mind. A thankful mind, what does that mean? Um, if you would notice in the book of Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 7. Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 7. You'll find these words. Proverbs 23.7 As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Are you there? Yes. Amen. So if you notice in Proverbs, I don't know what version of the Bible you're reading from, or what translation of the Bible you're reading from, but I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible, the old King James Version. And in the old King James Version, in Proverbs 23, 7, as he thanketh in his heart, so is he. So Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, is talking about our thought life and what we think. And what we think determines our outcome. So is he. So if we look at it, we see as he thinketh in his heart. So when he talks about thinking, he's talking about our thought life, our mind, our thought life. That it's important that we evaluate the thoughts that we think about. Because whatever we think about, and meditate, eventually it will become a part of our heart. When we talk about our heart, we're talking about our innermost being, who we are. So when the Bible says heart or talks about heart, it's talking about the spirit of man, our inner being, who we are as human beings. And so the Bible teaches us that we are spirit, soul, and body. We have physical bodies. We have a soul that is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we have a heart or spirit, our innermost being. Hmm. So it's very important that when we're going through trials, tribulations, and tests, that we begin to evaluate our thinking. Because our attitude determines our altitude. And the way that we think eventually begins to affect our emotions and it affects our behavior. So if you want to change a person's behavior, you have to start with his thinking process. 
what drives his behavior, and that is thoughts. So in the book of um, St. John, Jesus said to his disciples, he says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, speaking to his disciples, they are spirit and they are life. So words are composites. They are spirit and they are life. And so the Bible also gives us another scripture in Proverbs. If you would look at Proverbs 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Amen. Got it. And Proverbs 18.21 says, Death in life is in the power of the tongue. Death in life is in the power of the tongue. So it's very, very important that we evaluate what we think about. And of course, what we say. What we say and what we think determines our outcome. So Jesus said in uh, Mark 11... 23, that you can have what you say. So our words, our thoughts, what we think, and what we believe determines our outcomes, whether they are good or bad, righteous or unrighteous, good or evil. They determine our outcome. Any questions up to this point? No. Is it clear? No, I think not. Yes. Okay, if any time you want to just, you know, let me know and I'll, you know, hesitate and I'll answer the questions. So what I want to also do now is continue to look at more scriptures. I like to look at the book of First Thessalonians, that's in the New Testament, chapter 5, verse 18. First Thessalonians, chapter 5. Verse 18. Amen. Okay, this is Paul, the apostles, writing to the church at Thessalonica, the Thessalonian church. And uh, they were suffering tremendous persecution for their faith in Christ. And the apostle Paul sends them this word of instruction to encourage them. And these are his final words of instruction uh, in the fifth chapter of the book of First Thessalonians. And we'll begin uh, with the 16th verse, First Thessalonians 5:16. I'll read: "Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing." In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, Brother Ron, would you read that from your translation, those two verses? Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So God is speaking, the Holy Spirit is speaking through Paul, and he's writing 
to New Testament believers to encourage them and giving them instructions how to face their challenges and how to get through them successfully. And so he's basically saying the way to go through is to praise your way through. So he says rejoice forevermore, rejoice always. Then he says pray without ceasing. And then he says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So let's unpack that. In everything give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Does that mean in the good, as well as the bad and the ugly, that we should give thanks to God for bad things and ugly things? Is that what that's saying, or is it saying something different? What do you think? It's saying no matter how bad your, your circumstances, no matter how good your circumstances, you are to continue to be joyful and and don't be downhearted and um you are to always uh continue to pray and and give thanks you know um you pray and you give thanks knowing that god you can trust him and you can you have god to trust and you have your faith and just hold on to that knowing that god will bring you through, through the now some people that. now some people find that very difficult because they'll say to you, but you don't know what I'm going through. And you don't know what I'm experiencing right now. So some people would find that very difficult to, to practice in everything. Give thanks in every bad situation. Some people would struggle with that. And um, have you ever struggled with that? When things um, went wrong or you were disappointed? Did you struggle with this scripture and says, well, you know, um, I don't feel like giving thanks right now. I feel like, hmm. Yeah, but you know, um, if I find myself going there, then what I do is I remember all my past experience, even uh, good or bad, even the, 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 the weakest, the, the most troubling experiences or circumstances that I went through. And because of God, he brought me through that. So I have that to rely on, knowing that if God brought me through those um, circumstances, I know I can trust him and, and be joyous in knowing who I am in God Amen. and where I am, that he will bring me through. Mm. Well, have you ever went through a test and a trial and it was a very difficult time, and your memory shut down, and you couldn't think of anything good that um, you know that God had done for you in the past. Um, have you ever been there before when you just uh, your memory wasn't you know at that time you weren't thinking about good things, you were just thinking about what you were going through at that moment, and just dealing with that. Yeah, I think so, um, but. But there again, I think that, you know, faith plays a very important part in it. I what think your faith has to be oh, strong. And Ron, say, say that again, because it, that, say that again, Ron. That's right, your faith. What about your, your faith? faith? 
it has to be very grounded and you have to have a, a, a lot of discipline to overcome those thoughts. So faith is a discipline and faith is necessary to be able to practice this particular scripture. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18, it takes, a, it takes faith to practice this. Faith in God. Faith in God, not faith in ourselves, not faith in people. But God is the object of our faith. Faith in God. Because we know that putting our faith in God, that God is always good. He's always caring. He's always there for us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. So our faith is in God, who is faithful, who never fails, who never comes late, who never comes early, but always he comes on time. So, Ron, that's right. It takes faith to practice these scriptures. And the Bible says anything that is without faith is sin. Anything that is without faith is sin. So it takes faith to practice these particular verses. Now, I was listening to a um, talk show on, I think it was TBN, the Christian Network. And uh, there were a group of ladies having a discussion. And these ladies were, uh, without giving away too much information, uh, they were leaders in their own right. They were either leaders of churches or organizations, but they were having a panel discussion. And in this panel discussion, they were talking about this particular scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And one of the ladies quoted this scripture, and she says, the Bible says to give thanks in everything, but not for everything. And so they talked about that, and they just moved away from it. Um, does the Bible teach that? That we should give thanks in everything, but not for everything? What do you think? It says give thanks in all things, everything. How about for everything? For everything. For losing your job, for losing your health. For losing your spouse, for losing your home, for losing your car. And everything, because you don't know um, out of that circumstance that you go through, losing everything, what God's plan is for your life. Mm. Um, you know, he has a purpose. So is that a part of the plan, to lose some things? Is that God's plan for me to have some losses? It's not God's plan, but out of it, um, there's a lesson to be learned. You may gain something even more so because of what, well, what his purpose is. Job lost everything. Was that God's plan? <laughs> Was it God's plan? <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, we, we yeah. talk about God's plan... Are we talking about good things or bad things in the plan? Or just good things in the plan? Or there, could it there. be some bad things in the plan? 
it could be a, a bad thing um, and and good things, and it's a redirection of your of your spirit, of you, of who you are. So, like Job, it may start out bad, but if it's God's plan, it end up good. Because God gave Job double for his trouble. So if it is God's plan, it may start out not too good, but if you give it some time, like Job, at the end, it'll work out nicely for you. I mean, isn't that, happen isn't that what happened to Job? Yes. Isn't that what happened to Joseph? Yeah. When he said in Genesis 50:20, to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You remember reading that in Genesis 50:20, in the book of Genesis concerning yeah. Joseph and his brothers mm -hmm. that did him wrong. So if it is God's plan, it may not start out too good, but if we give it some time, guess what? We come out ahead. Okay. Um, does anyone know what Romans 8.28 says? Oh, I remember that. Oh. Romans 8.28. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a good one, too. For we know... Oh, we just lost it, oh. Mike. They popped out. Who popped out? I don't know. Can you hear me? My, it's like my power popped out. I, I can hear you. Off. Okay, I'm gonna die. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. I can, can hear you. I guess y'all can still hear me, right? <laughs> yes. Can you hear us? Okay, hold on just a moment. Can you hear us? I think it's uh, for I know the plans I have for you to prosper you. Romans eight twenty eight. Uh, mm -hmm. Romans five. Romans. Okay. All right. Okay, we're back. Are you there? Yes. All righty. Uh, I was quoting Romans 8.28. Did you find that? or? Yes. Uh, 8.28, huh? Romans 8.28. Yeah, I have it. Amen. Okay. Would you read that, uh, Ron? Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So if we love God and we're called, to, if because we love God and we are called according to his purpose, we know That's for the good. that some things work together for our good or all things. All things. All together. things. So all is all inclusive. Wow. So that would mean the good, the bad, and the ugly, all things. Yeah. 
Because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. So it really doesn't matter what the devil does or what people do. Or we try to mess it up. Or circumstances. Because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. It always works together, together for our good. So I remember when I was a little boy and my mom was uh, cooking a cake from scratch. Um, Ron, most married women don't cook cakes from scratch. They either get a box cake or they go to a shop ride and they get a bun cake. <laughs> when was the last time you had a nice homemade cake from scratch? <laughs> That's I'm just kidding, Dorothy. <laughs> uh, but I was I was uh, in the kitchen as a boy, and my mom was 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 taking two eggs, and I guess some baking powder and some flour, and salt and sugar, and she was gonna make a cake. I don't know if I missed any ingredients in that, and. Um, None of those ingredients taste good by themselves. But when you together mix them all up together, <laughs> you know, I can remember eating, licking the spoon, you know, from the cake, from the batter. And I think life is like that. When you put it all, mix it all up together in Christ, mm. it comes out tasting pretty good. What would you yeah. say? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think you're right about that. Yeah. So Romans 8 and 28 says, For we know, a lot of people don't know that as believers, we should know that, that all things are working together ultimately for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. Any questions? No. Okay, let's go back to the um, question that I asked you earlier uh, about the ladies on the panel on TV, and they said that God says in everything to give thanks, but not for everything. Well, it doesn't sound right now. I mean, it, it's, it's not true. Okay. Right. Okay, let's see the scripture that let's see the scripture that they left out. Let's go to Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 20. Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 20. Okay, amen. Okay, Ephesians 5, 20. Dorothy, would you read that? Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always giving thanks for everything for always. Mm -hmm. Giving thanks always for all things unto God. So not only do we give thanks in everything, but the Bible teaches us we also give thanks for everything. Okay. Now, to me, that takes a lot of faith. Before <laughs> yes. everything can be some not-so-nice things. Things right. that people have done to us. Things that life has dealt us. 
But the scripture teaches us that God asked us, he requires of us, to give thanks in everything and for everything. So now we're facing a pandemic. Every time we cut the television on and listen to Dr. Fauci and any of these scientists, it seems like things are getting in some way worse than getting better. There's some new strain of virus out there or something. So mm. as believers, should we give thanks for Corona 19th? <laughs> Would that be everything? Would that be included? And for all things, what do you think? I don't know, because I, I feel that, you know, there's two different worlds. There's the spirit world and then this reality, this world. That's right. I, I don't know. So don't what know. world is you are you living in? Ron, the which spirit. one? What are, you, are you living in both of them? Or? <laughs> I trust that I'm both, in the spirit world. Yeah, because both of them exist. And uh, and we walk through both of them as human beings, you know. Um, so I had a choice to make when my storm came in 2018. I could complain about it. Um, I could perpetually grieve about it. I could blame everybody else. Or... I could make a decision and everything to give thanks and for everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me or I could get angry with God and blame God for what I was going through. So I had to make a decision and we all have to make a decision when we're facing tests and trials, things that we don't understand, disappointments, hurts, um, losses, we have to make a decision how to respond to that. So my friend said, always have a thankful heart and a thankful mind. That's what got me through my storm by deliberately choosing to give thanks to God in everything and for everything, even though I did not understand it and the future was uncertain. But by faith and by grace, I was able to praise my way through it. Now let's talk about that, praising our way through it. So that's saying, walk by faith and not by sight. That, Amen. That's, that's what that's saying. That's what that is. We walk yeah. by faith and not by sight. Yeah. We walk by faith or we live by faith and not by what we can see, not by sight. So our faith encourages us to believe that God is good. And God is gracious, and God is merciful, and God has a plan. 
and that no matter what happens to us, it's all working together for our good and for His glory. And maybe not just for us alone, but maybe it places us in a situation where we might can be of encouragement to other people who may be going through or will go through some of the things that we've experienced. Maybe God is preparing us to encourage others or to give others hope that if we could make it, that they could make it too. Mm -hmm. Any examples of that? Um, you know, um, with everything that had transpired back in uh, 2014, and just facing the fact of what we were up against, uh huh, and you know, everything became very. Um, it was like a dire situation, not knowing how my how our tomorrow would look like. Mm. But because of my faith and trust and and just knowing, you know, um, who God is and what God can do, got us through what we had gone through. And Amen. as people would say, you know, you don't look like what you've been through. Amen. Um, Unscathed. I'm telling you. <laughs> That 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 that's a, that is a powerful statement because, you know, we could have been like really uh, stressed, and you know when you get stressed out so much, what it does to you? Sickness. Oh, definitely. Your hair could you know, fall your out. Whole, right. Your whole <laughs> demeanor changes. But because of God, we were able to stay um, focused. Mm. And um, the blessings that came from all that experience we had gone through was unbelievable. Yes, yeah. So, again, I always refer back to the book of Job. Mm. Um, Good book. You know, um, yeah, I, I just kept on reading that uh, chapter 42 and, and really focused in on that and kept trusting God and stayed in prayer, constant prayer. And that's what and... got me through. You know, when, when you read that book of Job, things got worse before they got better for him. Exactly. Things got worse. One thing after it got worse before it got better. Mm -hmm. And um, and we see that throughout the Bible. Um, in the different patriarchs' lives, sometimes it got worse <laughs> before it got better. But they maintained their faith. Right. And they continued to trust God in spite of their right. circumstances. Amen. Well, another verse in Psalms, if you go to the book of Psalms, verse 34, and this is a Psalm of David, who had suffered many trials and difficulties in Psalm 34, the first verse, Psalm 34, verse 1. Psalm what? 34. 34. 34, 1, verse 1. 
Okay. And uh, David teaches us some real wonderful life principles, uh, especially when we're going through a temptation, test, or trial. And in verse 34, verse 1, I'll read, David said, I will. We're going to stop right there. He said, I will. That's a decision. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's a decision that David made, regardless of his circumstances. He made a decision to bless. That word bless means to praise God or to thank God at all times, continually. He says in verse 2, And my soul shall make her boast in the Lord, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. So David talks about gladness as he is believing God for his deliverance. Verse 3 says, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And I want to focus on that word magnify. Magnify, that's an interesting word. Magnify. Um, it's mine the same says, word. Mag, go ahead, Ron. Well, mine says glorify, so that's different, huh? Yeah, yours says glorify. Um, I don't know if you, um, Dorothy, what does yours say in verse 3? Uh, glorify. Glorify okay. the Lord with me. Okay. Um, I don't know what Carol's um, version is, but maybe it's either magnify or glorify. And what was yours, Ron? Glorify. Yours is glorified. And Dorothy, what was yours? Glorify. Okay, glorify. Uh, in the King James Version, it says magnify. It says magnify. So um, magnify is a form of glorify. They're synonymous. But uh, the reason why I like the word magnify is because when I did research on that, it was like looking through a magnifying looking glass, like when you're reading words. And using a magnifier or a looking glass or a magnifying glass, when you're reading words, what, do, what does it do to the words? When you're looking through a magnifying glass, what happens to the words on the page? It, it, it brings it... Uh, it makes it, it makes larger. larger. It enlarges and, the words. Or bolder. So it makes them bold. It enlarges the words. So that's what our praise does. When we are praising God and going through our test or trial, when we praise God, we are magnifying him. And so what's happening is that God in our lives becomes enlarged. In our lives, personally, God becomes greater. He becomes enlarged. And our problems decrease and diminish. 
when we're praising God, who he is, God, and our lives and our circumstances begins to enlarge or becomes the focus. So our minds are on him, his goodness, his mercy, his grace, and his presence as far as our lives are concerned, increases. It's not that God gets smaller or larger, <laughs> but our perception of God, our relationship with God, enlarges and increases. And that's what happens when we are magnifying or glorifying God, when we're going through our trials, tribulations, and tests, God's presence becomes greater in our lives. It magnifies itself in our lives. And so that's one of the benefits when we are going through, when we are giving God thanks and we are praising God. His presence just seems to be magnified or enlarged in our lives. Any questions? No, I'm good. Uh, I guess we gain a more understanding of God. Oh, also, yeah, our right? understanding increases, enlarges. That's right, Ron. Okay, we're still in the book of Psalms, and we're looking at some more scriptures. Uh, let's look at uh, Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verse 3. Psalm 22, verse 3. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read it from my translation, and then, Ron, you read it from your translation and see if they coincide or they say pretty much the same. In 22.3 of Psalms, it says, But thou art holy, O God, that inhabitest the praises of of Israel, the people of God. What does yours say, Ron? Mine says, uh, yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. So when we praise God, when we praise God, He enthrones our praise. He inhabits our praises when we give Him glory, when we give Him praise. For thou art God who inhabitest or enthrones our praise or our lives as we praise him. So as we praise him, God makes his abode with us. He inhabits, he enthrones our lives as we praise him. So that praise is an invitation to God to manifest his spirit, to manifest his life, to manifest himself, to inhabit our praises, to enthrone our praises. We welcome God when we give him praise. Versus if we're complaining, <laughs> you know, in a negative way, um, I don't really believe that God wants to inhabit that or enthrone that or be manifested in that. So uh, it's a good thing to praise him because God loves praises. 
Any questions about this verse? No. All righty. All righty, going right along. Um, Hebrews 13, 15. Don't turn there, just write that down. Hebrews 13, 15. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Talks about offering up the sacrifice of praise. Hmm. The sacrifice of praise. Sometimes it's not easy, you know, to praise God in difficult situations, but it really becomes a spiritual sacrifice, a form of worship, that even though we don't feel like it at times, we still bless the Lord at all times and in all situations. It becomes a sacrifice. Sometimes when we feel like crying, we may choose to give God praise. Nothing wrong with tears. Um, but sometimes when you're in public, tears may not be the best thing for people around you. You know, they might see it as a form of weakness. So there is a time to cry, right? And there's a time to rejoice. And Ecclesiastes talks about that in chapter 3. So it takes wisdom to know the right time to do the right thing. If I'm going to a funeral and people are grieving, that's a wonderful time to mourn and to weep with them. The Bible says, weep with them that weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And it takes wisdom to do that. I remember going to a funeral. And um, the family was grieving over the loss of their loved one. But the pastor and his praise team decided to turn the church funeral into a praise and worship service. Have you ever been in a praise and worship service before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is there any difference between a praise and worship service and a funeral service? Is there any difference between those two services? Um, the ones where the funeral service where you're crying and weeping is sad. Right. But a worship is, is just joy. Joyous, yeah. I mean, um, I've been in a situation in Ron too, where, you know, the praise and worship that went up, it was so powerful that you could feel the spirit of God in the room. Now, was, now, was, now, 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 praise and worship, <laughs> praise and worship is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Right now, this Bible study is a form of praise and worship. Everything that we do as believers mm -hmm. is a form of praise and worship. That's a lifestyle. It doesn't depend on where we're at and who we're with. Does that make sense to you? Sure. Okay. Then there is what we call a praise and worship service. Where we all meet up at a place. And we're singing praise and worship services. The presence of God should be in that service. As well as when you are in your own personal prayer, prayer closet with nobody around. The presence of God is there also. True. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at a funeral, 
which is not a praise and worship service, and people are crying and grieving, can the presence of God be powerful there too? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So when Lazarus died, and Mary and Martha, when they came in contact with Jesus, they said, if you would have been here, my brother would have died, wouldn't have died. That's what Mary and Martha said when they met Jesus, after their brother Lazarus was dead. And the Bible said that the people were weeping. And what did Jesus do? He, 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 um, he danced around? <laughs> he did a holy dance, a praise dance. The people are crying. His, his friend Lazarus is dead. His sisters are weeping. And Jesus walks into the scene. And he says, praise the Lord, everybody. And start clapping his hands and did a holy dance. What did he do? The Bible says Jesus wept. That's mm. the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Mm. Why did he weep? Oh, he knew boy. he was going to raise Lazarus from the grave. Why did he? Why did he weep with them? Um, because the Bible says, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So when I went to this funeral, of the pastor in this church, while the family was grieving, turned the whole service into a praise and worship service and wouldn't let the family grieve. Mm. Wouldn't let them mourn, wouldn't let them weep. There's a time to weep, and there's a time to dance. And it takes wisdom to know the difference. Is that making sense to you? Yes. So if you're hurting and grieving and somebody comes and says, snap out of it. Come on, let's give God the praise. Would that be okay with you? No, because you need your time to weep. I mean, you need I, your I, time I, to weep. You have to go through through that that mourning. Yes, period. yes. The, the counselors call it the stages of grief. You have to go through the stages of grief in order to bring closure and to be healed emotionally. So we can still mourn and still give God thanks. We can still grieve and still give God thanks. That doesn't mean we're running around the church shouting. <laughs> amen, somebody. Amen, amen. amen. Okay, good. I'm just yeah. making sure you're still there. Okay, we're we're winding up. We're winding up. It's um our time is almost up. I want to give you uh I'll stop with this one, Psalm 103. Psalm, that'll be, we'll close with that, Psalm 103. And Carol, we're so happy to have you this morning, this afternoon now. 
Um, we're glad that you can tune in with us. Psalm 103. Okay, we call this a gratitude list. A gratitude list. What is the purpose of a gratitude list? A gratitude list helps you to remember all the blessings and all the good things and all the benefits that God has given you, has given you, past tense. And the importance of the gratitude list is that if you're going through a test or a trial and you find it difficult to give God thanks in everything and for everything, it's a blessing to have a gratitude list where you can go over it. And David gives us an example of a gratitude list in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, throughout the whole chapter, but we're just going to look at the first five verses very quickly. If you're there, just say amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read it and explain it as I go through for the sake of time. And um, Lord willing, we'll pick up next week. Psalm 103, verse 1 says, Bless the Lord. The word bless means praise in Hebrew. Bless the Lord, O my soul, mind, will, and emotions, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Praise his holy name. Verse 2, David says, Bless the Lord. He repeats himself. O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And so David begins his gratitude list. Now mind you, David's going through deep trials and tribulations right now. But he takes time to construct. God is leading him for his sake and for our sakes, to teach us how to construct a gratitude list. And David gives us his example so that we can follow. Gratitude list number one on the list. Verse three, who forgiveth all of our sins and iniquities. That's number one on the gratitude list. Lord, I thank you that all my sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future. All in Christ, all my sins are forgiven. Once yes, I confess it and forsake it, all my sins at the cross, when Jesus was crucified, he paid the price for all of my sins, a price that I couldn't pay. Gratitude number one on the list. Who forgiveth all of mine iniquities? Number two, Jesus. who healeth all of thine diseases. That's on the gratitude list. So on my gratitude list, I have when I was a small boy, the Lord healed me of an incurable bone disease. That's on the gratitude list. That happened a long time ago. That's on my gratitude list. So God forbid... If Satan attacks my body or, God forbid, um, 
I'm not feeling well, I can go back to the gratitude list and says, Lord, I thank you. I remember when I was sick, you healed me. And you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You're the same God. I can go back to the gratitude list. Verse 4, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Ron, what does your translation say in verse 3? Who, yeah, who verse redeems four. your life. Yeah, who redeems your life from the pit. Okay, the so, crown. yeah, who, who redeems our life from the pit. So we all have a different pit that we end up in. We all have a different pit that we end up in. So my pit may not be your pit or hole or pit. But whatever the pit is, whatever it is for each of us, God can redeem us from that. And that word redeem means to purchase back, to buy back. So whatever it costs to fall in the ditch or the pit, Jesus paid the price to rescue us, to snatch us up out of it. That's on the gratitude list. And there are many things that we can describe as our personal pit that we fell into. Pit, trap, hole, situation. You can put that on your gratitude list. Okay, the next one. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who crowns us, like putting a, a crown of gold on our head. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Loving us unconditionally. Giving us tender mercies when we didn't deserve it. When we deserve punishment. God gave us mercy. Love and kindness toward us. Verse 5. Who satisfies thy life. David says mouth in King James. Who satisfies thy, thy life. L-I-F-E, life. With good things. Put that on the gratitude list. How God has satisfied your life with good things. Good friends, good food, good comfort, good transportation, good things, good relationships. He satisfies us, enriches us with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. So that thy life, thy youth, is renewed like the eagle, so that's a promise, but it's on David's gratitude list. We can put these same gratitudes that's on David's list, we can personalize them and put them on our list. Because the same God that blessed David is the same God who blesses us. Any questions about the gratitude list? No. Uh, prior to this study today, did you have a gratitude list? Um, that you can remember. <laughs> I, I, um, over time, you know, um, 
when I reflect of all the things that God has blessed me with, I've made notations on it. Oh, great. All right. Great. So, so now you're constructing and starting to build up your gratitude list. And uh, all of those things, begin to record them and write them down. And um, sometimes people have a diary that they, you know, write things down in a personal diary. Um, so hopefully, um, your gratitude list can also be a blessing to your children, especially when you go on to be with the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, your daughter or your son, uh, you know, when that day comes, we're all going to be with the Lord one way or the other. None of us getting out of here alive, uh, so we can deal with that. Um, but God forbid, when that time does come, um, could you just imagine sitting down and reading your parents' gratitude lists? Their diaries of the things that God did for them in their lifetime. Do you think that could be a word of encouragement to you? Things that you probably never knew what your parents went through. Oh, yeah. That they recorded yeah, that. Yeah. They recorded it. And isn't that what the Bible is before us? A gratitude list? From Genesis yeah. to Revelations? Mm -hmm. That we read the history of God's people, and that encourages us. So that gratitude list is a very encouraging instrument too, to help us to go through, you know, victoriously when we're facing difficult times and challenges in our life. Alrighty, so uh, that so concludes our study. Um, a little time for reflection and application. Um, Dorothy, what is a one thing that you can take away from our lesson today that you can share with us? Um, that we are to always give thanks, you know, um, no matter what you're going through. Mm. And to stay in prayer and, and keep the faith and trust God, knowing that he will bring us through. Amen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with her wholeheartedly. I, I believe that, you know, your strong faith, walk in the light, and, um, and be, be disciplined enough to know and mindful to know that he's always there for you. Yes, Ron, and I love that word discipline. As a school former school teacher, um, you can teach us a lot about disciplines, <laughs> uh, especially over the years with your students. And uh, the students who were disciplined, <laughs> uh, they did a little bit better than the ones that were undisciplined. <laughs> yeah, so these are disciplines. And so, um, Carol, and nowadays, we thank you. You can't, you can't discipline kids, you know, in any kind of way that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, like we used to, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't make them write a thousand words on the board or I will be good. You know that. Yeah, that's child abuse. <laughs> but anyway. That's true, Ron. I remember in my closing, um, I don't know if I was in the sixth grade, and um, Mr. Zerviak, our teacher, would carry a rule. You know those real 
long rules, 36 inches. Uh-huh. Remember those? He would have one yeah. in the classroom. And he had a smaller one. And when the kids got out of, out of line, he would call us up to the front of the class. We would have to stretch out our palms of our hands flat. And he would actually take the rule and slap us on the hands. That was back in the 60s. Yeah. You can't do that today. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I certainly enjoyed my time with you all today. And um, I'll continue to keep you in prayer. And please continue to keep me and my family in prayer as well. And look forward to being with you next week. And thank you, Carol, for um, being with us today. My first time meeting you, sir. And um, I'm looking at these two handsome brothers, and um, <laughs> both of them are very handsome. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so I'm going to sign off on that, and I love you all, and uh, look forward to being with you in the future. Lord willing. Okay. Okay, have a blessed day. All right. All right.